It's episode 84 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Johnny Briars. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, I'd like to start by asking you about the confusing nature of your name. Okay. What's yes. your name? So my name is Johnny. Well, actually, that's a lie straight away. It's, it's Jonathan Briars. Peter is my middle name. Um, on Facebook, my name is Barry Crabb, and it confuses everyone. Especially in improv, because in improv you tend to meet someone once, maybe twice, and they pop up as a suggested friend, you add them, and then they'll be like, oh, I thought his name was Johnny when, he, when I met him, but I was probably wrong, because I meet so many people in improv. His name must be Barry Crabb. But it's not, that's just for fun. <laughs> just for it's fun. just for fun, there's not even a real reason behind it. Well, there is a story behind it, I guess. It's a bit convoluted. So when I was... I don't know. It must be, it's pretty early Facebook days. Um, I had a Facebook account and my dad added me on Facebook. This is under my real name. And when you're a teenager, you don't want your family being friends with you on Facebook. So I told him, uh, you know, just basically because I was posting statuses with swear words and probably dick jokes and stuff. Uh, so I told him that I didn't use Facebook anymore. I don't use that account. And then secretly made a new account uh, called Margaret Crab, <laughs> which is a twist in the story. You might have been expecting me to say yeah. Barry Crab. No, I, well, I definitely was. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so I was Margaret Crab for several years. At first, I didn't even tell anyone I knew who Margaret Crab was. It was like a, a secret Facebook account who added everyone. Everyone was like, "Who's Margaret Crab?" And then eventually, I had to come out and be like, "Ha ha, it's me." Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, I was probably like 14, 15, so, so you know, you do stupid things at that age just for fun. That is true. It's um, interesting you chose a female pseudonym. Yeah, yeah, I never really thought about that. Maybe that says something deep down about me, I don't know. Anyway, uh, years later, I Facebook. I tried to log in. Normally, I'm just logged in on Facebook. They logged me out, I tried to log back in, and it said, Margaret Crabb has been suspended for suspicious activity. Ooh. I don't know if that means they, f they somehow found out that I'm not Margaret Crabb. <laughs> I don't know if that's even not allowed. Had I, you been doing something suspicious? Not as far as I know. Definitely not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in my spare time. Um, well, Facebook had just heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> and tied it in with uh, Margaret Well, they're Crabb. all spying on us, aren't they? Maybe, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so... I was hoping I'd be re-let into Facebook. I wasn't. So I had to make a new account. And I suppose I should have gone back to my real name. <laughs> but by this point, people were like, ha-ha, Margaret Crabb. I don't know. It seemed, it seemed unfun to go back to my real name. So I started off, I think, as Agnes Crabb. <laughs> and then I wasn't quite satisfied. I tried Rita Crabb. And then eventually, uh, I think me and my friends were talking about, like, wouldn't it be funny if there's like a six-year-old called Barry or if like any of us were called Barry because no one's called Barry anymore. And someone was like to me, Barry Briars, and then someone said Barry Crab, and then we laughed about it. And then I said, I was like, as it, Barry Crab. And it's been that way for, I don't know, five years probably? <laughs> More? Six or seven years? I don't know how, face how long Facebook's been around. I haven't researched that for this, uh, this podcast. Because mm. I imagined that uh, Barry Crab 
was your real name. Mm -hmm. So you were very much like Harry Webb and Cliff Richard. Uh -huh. You were Barry Crabb. And then you thought of a cooler name. <laughs> hey, I'm going to call myself Johnny Bryce. That's a cool name. That's my performing name, that is. I mean, that's a good point because Johnny Bryce is a cooler name <laughs> than Barry Crabb. Yeah. But I'm pretending that my name is Barry Crabb in a way. On Online. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for um, solving that confusion that I know yeah. I was feeling. Hopefully that clarifies this for everyone who's listening, <laughs> looking on my face saying, I thought his name was Barry Crabb. Anyway. Well, now we know who you are. Mm. So uh, one of the things that you are in at the moment and that I particularly enjoy is the Duty Booty Show. Yes. Tell me about that, starting with the name. Okay. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so this is another name I have. Confusing things more. Um... I think when I when I got a new phone, I I got the I got WhatsApp. I downloaded WhatsApp again on the new phone, and it made me put in my name. Um, and for some reason, whatever moon I was in, I didn't put in my real name. I put I just wrote Duty Booty. I don't know why. And because I I kind of assumed that it, WhatsApp gets your name from whoever you saved them as your contact, right? That's how I thought it worked. Yeah. So if you have their number, it'll come up just saying their name. Um. I'm rubbish at putting people's names into my phone. Mm. But you are right, yes. Once I put, then put them in, then their actual names appear. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of thought this was just for my eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in hindsight, wasn't that smart. But, of course, someone then said, Hi, Duty Booty, or whatever it was. And you thought, ah. <laughs> well, yeah. I found the name really funny as soon as I came up with it, honestly. Um, although when I say it out loud, people don't know how to spell it. They think I'm saying the word duty, like D-U-T-Y, but yes. I spell it J-O-O-T-Y. Um, th that thought hadn't occurred to me until I just said it, and I'm like, oh, I'm saying it the way you spell it, but maybe it's I'm saying it in the way that the other way, with G-U-T-Y. Yeah, yes. I don't know. Um, where was I? Oh, yes, so then I was on a night out, and I checked Facebook when I got home, and I was quite drunk not that drunk but drunk enough <laughs> and Steve Rowe who we all know is the hoopla guy um, King Steve Rowe I don't know why I said that but he's, no, like he's pretty kingly king. he's the king um, he had posted we have Launchpad show next week does anyone want a slot and I said yes <laughs> thinking oh I will message someone I'm not in a group with and do a two prop with them because I, I like doing two prop and never really do it um, it's in the back of my mind but I'm not thinking about it that much. I don't get a message back from Steve straight away, so I'm like, oh, it's probably the slot's been taken by someone else or whatever. And then the day before, he's like, you've got the slot. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I, have, I haven't planned anything. Um, and I was messaging Ramshackle, which is my group we'll get to later, I'm sure, um, saying, I think I'm going to do a solo thing, because I haven't... I guess I could just ask one of them, but for some reason part of me was like, do a solo improv show. And um, I only realised this like two days ago. But Audrey Davenport from Ramshackle said, uh, "Your stage name has to be Duty Booty," <laughs> and I really liked that for some reason. And I was like, so, uh, "Yeah, I don't know exactly where the idea came from." But the Duty Booty show was then born, and the, so the day before the show, I was at work, not doing much work, just stressing out and thinking, "What the hell is going to be the format of my show?" So, had you done any solo improv before? No. Um, but I'd seen quite a lot of other people do it. Um, yeah. So for me, solo improv is cool. 
but it can be a bit slow sometimes because people have to jump around playing different characters and it can go on a bit too long I think it loses some of the energy um, some people do it really really well though um, Joel player one I'm I... nodding sorry I'm nodding I've forgotten <laughs> so while since I've done any of these and I've entirely forgotten that nodding doesn't work it works in the room in the room it's pretty good but uh, yes yes yeah. he's very good uh, also Nick Oram the, oh. the Playmobil players is just magical to me <laughs> um yeah, but I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be too boring. And also, I needed to make sure that if it was going really badly, I could jump into doing something different. So I split the show into three. Um, oh, I should, yeah, I should say it. So the Duty Beauty show, it's like a chat show, an improvised chat show with just me. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I come on stage to this cheesy music that I stole off YouTube, which I don't know if... Can someone sue you for playing a song live? They can't do that. Um, no, they can't. And but, I'm a music lawyer, so that's binding. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, don't say any more because <laughs> I, I'm counting that as legally binding so I can sue you if I get sued. Oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> um, I imagine it's all right. Yeah, probably. Uh, also, not enough people are coming to my shows that I should feel <laughs> really an issue. any danger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I play this character called Duty Booty who is... Basically me, I'm not, I'm not that good at characters or voices, so my voice is like, hello, my name is Duty Booty. And that's about <laughs> as much a, to a different voice as it gets from mine. Um, and yeah, it's basically, it's basically a chat show where I'm the only guy, so then I get some suggestions of a, of a character I could play from the audience. So I get the name of the character, um, why they're famous and why they'd be on a chat show, and just another random piece of information about them. Um, so the first time I forget their name, but it's probably something like Zachariah Bibbs. Um, and they were an author, which is good. That's a good suggestion yeah. because it's a I can do a lot with it. Yeah. It's quite broad. And the other random piece of information was, uh, that they jumped out of a plane without a parachute and survived, Right. which was something I had to explain and try and talk my way out of which if I remember correctly, I did not really do. <laughs> I think the end of the story with that so so yeah then I then I play that character and jump between the two seats and interview interview that character and as I said I'm not that good at characters which I've I found out while doing it and it's especially hard changing between voices um trying to do something physical while sitting makes it trickier uh but luckily you can get quite a lot of laughs by just slowly walking between the two chairs and answering a question by just saying yes and walking back <laughs> um yeah, so I believe that one, uh, I, after, talk, after interviewing myself, I found out that that character had jumped out of the plane, landed in the water and got eaten by a shark, blacked out, and then they, when they woke up, they were fine. So that, <laughs> so that was not really a good explanation of, of that. Um, but that's okay, because that bit's only a few minutes. <laughs> as soon as I find myself stuck, I go, thank you, Zachariah Bibbs. And I go to the next bit of the show where I interview someone from the audience. Um, I always I always try and pick someone who doesn't break eye contact when I look at them. Right. So I say, my next guest is an audience, famous for being an audience member. And I don't like picking on people too much. Because right. I know before I did improv, I'd hate that so much. That was like my biggest fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, luckily, most people who come to these shows are improvisers, so they want to get on stage anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, if someone looks away, I'm like, I don't want to 
possibility of them into coming on stage. I think that's a really good tip, actually, because you only want people who want to be part of the show. There's yeah. no fun. I don't think there's any fun, you know, hassling somebody and then, no. you know, get someone that wants to play. Yeah. Um, this is by far my favourite bit of the show. And it's the least improv bit of the show in a way because I'm just talking to someone. And <laughs> I'm still playing the Duty Booty, who's a bit of a character, and he's kind of... He basically asks stupid questions and sort of I've been trying to explain this to people when I describe the show and I haven't really figured out a way of saying it that doesn't make me sound mean but <laughs> I'm trying to make fun of them but by asking nonsensical stuff I think is right it's basically it the example that I've got which I keep saying which got a laugh at the time but when I tell people they don't seem to find it funny but I'll say it anyway because I don't have a better one was uh, I was it was uh, uh, the parentheticals night bracket racket and I brought up a guy who said he was Canadian. And I said, are you really Canadian? And he said, yes. And I said, why? <laughs> Which, thanks, thanks for laughing. You had to, because I said people no, don't I, I think that's really funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of poking fun at him, but that, that's not really a criticism. It doesn't really make any sense. It's basically, I try and make myself look stupid by yeah, yeah, yeah. making fun of them in ways that uh, are dumb, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's my favourite bit of the show, because often... I bring someone up and I ask them one question and it's usually, because I don't know anything about them, so it's usually just like something related to what character I was playing. Um, so, for example, giving a lot of examples, I did a show on New Year's and the character I played was uh, a, a jelly detective who solved jelly-related murders. <laughs> <clears throat> And I should say... It's just audience suggestions. Yeah, It yeah. wasn't just, oh, I just really want to play my jelly detective character. <laughs> Finally, now's the chance. I mean, to be fair, a jelly detective character could be really good. Yeah. I will say I did not play it well. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very self-critical, but I say that because no one was really laughing. And I knew I wasn't doing it very well. And I was sort of stumbling around with my words. And um, <laughs> I cut it pretty short. I only had a 10-minute set. Usually I do 15. So I cut it short. Uh... But when I brought the guy out from the audience, who I later found out was an, an improv teacher, uh, <laughs> I said, do you like jelly? That was my, that's my opening question, because I don't know what to ask him. And what I found happens all the time is they just say something gold. It's just gold. It gives me so much to work with, which is, he said, yes. And when I was a kid, I put biscuits in the jelly. And every, I'm the only person who does that. I, put, like, I submerged biscuits into the jelly and then ate it. I was just losing my mind. Like, what? That's crazy. No one does that. And I just the whole interview was pretty much about that. In fact, yeah, so the last... I'm just explaining things that I think I did that were funny, which is kind of embarrassing. But, no, it's perfect. Um, That's exactly what people listen to this podcast want to hear. I hope so. So after my jelly character segment had bombed pretty hard, but this bit was killing, because <laughs> I'm just... I just basically, I was overreacting to this guy eating biscuits, but I think it's a genuine reaction because it was insane. He said he, he doesn't really like digestive biscuits, but he'd put them in the jelly and he likes them in the jelly. And they get soft, I guess. I thought he was like using them as a spoon to yeah, eat the yeah. jelly, so he'd stick it in and then fish it out. But no, he was putting it in the jelly mixture before it had set. Whoa. And then letting it set. Uh, anyway. So, so after all that, there was a bit of a lull. So I said... Uh, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm an improv teacher. <laughs> so I said, what did you think of my character segment in the first segment, in the first bit? And then the, I got the blackout for that. <laughs> and I was, I was really happy with that. I, um, I don't think 
meta commentary is something you should go to all the time, uh-huh. but just sometimes. Yes. It's just I lovely. I often hate it in scenes, um, but for this format, I do, I do it constantly. You see, I think that that's exactly what the Duty Booty character would say. Mm. Yes. I mean, I... For me, this was like breaking the fourth wall, even. Because yes. I said, like, what did you think of my character work? Ah, uh, right, so okay. I wouldn't have done that, except I, it was making the thought of me saying it was making me laugh. I was laughing <laughs> as I said it, and it got a big laugh. So, and then I knew it was coming up to the end of my time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was happy that the blackout was there, so I didn't have to. Because he might have been like, I thought that was a different person. Oh, actually, <laughs> I've come up with a. I just noticed something about my own set, which makes it okay that I did this. Because. The first time I... D- I think you might have seen the first time I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first time I did it, before the show started, I came out as myself and said, I've got this friend, Duty Booty, is going to do this thing. Um, but now... That, that takes up quite a lot of time. So now I come up as Duty Booty and I introduce a guest and then there'll be a celebrity and then I'll be like, oh, they've had to cancel for whatever reason. Um, and then I'll say, so I guess I'll have to play the guest as well uh, so I've told the audience already that Duty Booty is doing it yeah. so I kind of don't like that much to be honest yeah. but it's a difficult thing to explain kind of so I'm fascinated by these levels of reality mm. and am I more interested when a character on the stage is playing other characters mm-hmm. is that better than having an improviser play two separate characters. I'm not yeah. sure, but I think it's really interesting. Yeah. See, I think I'd argue that it's better to have an improviser playing two different characters. Yes. However, Duty Booty being himself and a character makes it... I think, like, if that bit goes badly, which it has been saying recently, <laughs> I can just, like, make it out that Duty Booty is bad at characters and it's not me. Yeah. Johnny's really good at improvising, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but Duty is just not a good improviser. The worst. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was now. No, but um, <clears throat> no, it's interesting having the different levels of reality. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Whether whether you would want, yeah, what what kind of inspired you to play both characters as Duty Booty, apart from having an excuse if it doesn't go well, which is a legitimate reason for doing it. Mm, I think I think it was mostly I felt forced to do it because. I guess I could go on and just be like, this is my guest, a character, and then jump between the two seats. For some reason, I feel the need to explain what I'm about to do. Which actually, thank you, Stuart, because I can cut that bit out. <laughs> and it might, be, it might be a better show. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Um, but I also, I quite like introducing a celebrity who has not made it. Oh, yeah. Uh, at first, I just said someone like Brad Pitt or whatever. Um, but the last two, last two times I did it, I said Garfield, a cat. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Garfield's had to cancel because he's a cartoon character. He's, like a com- he's not real, apparently. <laughs> uh, and uh, Reese Collier uh, from Too Much Justice Stage told me he thought that was really funny. And he, he said he wanted me to do a bit show where I just keep introducing guests and then come up with reasons where, why they can't be here. And that's the entire set. That does uh, sound really funny. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I don't know if I could pull it off, but I kind of <laughs> want to do it just uh, for some reason. Yeah, I quite like those kind of anti-comedy things. Right, it's just a long joke extended for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
that's that thing where it stops being funny for a while and then yes. it gets funny again. But my fear is it'll just keep getting less and less funny. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it was Garfield, and then the last time I did it, I said, "This, this was." This leads me on to an, another thing, actually. I said to you beforehand that I wasn't going to just talk the entire thing, but apparently that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the double thumbs up. Yeah. Um, so this time I introduced Tony the Tiger from Frosties <laughs> as the guest, and said he, yeah, he had to cancel because he's not real. The same things before. It's okay because it's <laughs> to say to do the same joke as before because it's just like an intro thing. It's, actually, yeah, this bit was all prepared. I had this in my head before I went on stage. It's not even improv, really. Oh. It's kind of cheating, and then. And then I said, yeah, I had to cancel. Isn't that just great? Which is a terrible joke. And then I said, uh, good thing I'm a chat show host and not a comedian. Which I really, I really like playing with that. That's, that's the meta thing. That's yeah. not breaking fourth wall, I guess. Because I'm still in character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So Unfortunately, you... the great got a bigger laugh than I thought. I thought I'd get a groan. <laughs> People actually liked it. <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say, because, yeah, I had that all in my head before I went on stage. And I kind of thought about uh, doing more written stuff, which is a terrible thing to say on an improv podcast. Um, but because, especially because the character bit is apparently getting worse and worse like it more and more. The first few times I did it were really good. And <laughs> recently it's been awful. Uh, but the rest of the show has been good. So I was thinking maybe... Uh, first of all, maybe bring on another improviser to do a character, which makes a lot more sense in a way. Um, but also kind of takes away some of the fun of the show to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, or or do some, some written bits in the show. So like, I was thinking about extending it to a longer thing, basically, because at the moment I can't do more than 15 minutes of it. Yeah. Um, but if I got like a 20 minute slot, maybe I could do a commercial break and do like a sketch, like an advert for something. Um, and the third third of the show, which I haven't talked about yet, uh, I, I usually do a musical thing. So I play guitar, I do music stuff, as well as improv. And I've always liked musical comedy. That was kind of my intro to comedy, I think. That's what got me like really obsessed with it. It was like Flies the Concords, uh, Stephen Lynch, uh, who I don't like that much anymore, because his stuff's mostly like, I don't know, not, not like controversial, but it seems like he's trying, there's a lot of offensive-ish right. stuff in there. Which I don't have too much of a problem with, but I don't think it's funny enough to justify it right. now. I'm shooting, <laughs> shooting out at Stephen Lynch. Hey. Sorry about that. If you're listening, Stephen. Well, if you're going to dish it out, you've got to learn to have it dished back. Yeah. Well, I'll dish it back to myself first by saying, <laughs> actually, I might start not doing the musical improv bit at the end because <laughs> that bit is pretty hit and miss. I, I did a couple of really good ones, I thought. Um, and then a couple where... I was just grasping for straws. But my favourite one, I was grasping for straws. Um, I got the suggestion for the song. So, yeah, I say I'll sing a song about whatever you want. Um, and someone said Doritos. So I was singing a song about Doritos, and I probably had, like, a rhyme where I said, uh, I love Doritos. I, I've given them all the love I gave. I really love that chilly heat wave, or something like that. So I thought of, like, one specific of Doritos and come up with a rhyme of it, which got a, an okay laugh. And then I was just sort of, what the hell do I say next um, so I started I think the guy's name was Dave at the back I was thinking about Dave and then I think the end of a line was like then the word then and then so I said Dave loves his friend Ben which was just because Ben rhymed with then I didn't know what else to say <laughs> I had to 
thing with musical improv is you just have to you can't pause really yeah. for very long you have to say something so I said that and it turned out he was sitting next to his friend Ben so it, those two went nuts <laughs> and that was just that saved me that was the end of my set uh, and otherwise wow. I would have kept going till I got a laugh which could have been ages I don't know uh, yeah hopefully I didn't go off track there no, I think the improv gods were smiling when you that evening yes well, I just that. drop this one in here hmm Oh, and there's another thing actually part of that. So in the interview segment, I was trying out playing like a, a game show thing with the the guy from the audience. And I did like a lie detector thing. I meant to bring a hat, a silly hat or something to put on his head to be the lie detector gear. But uh, I forgot that. So I just handed him my keys and said, this is the lie detector, but just hold it in your hand, <laughs> uh, which was kind of weird. Um, we did that bit. And then during the song, he was sitting in the front row. I realised he still had my keys. <laughs> so then I ended it with, like, Martin, give me back my keys. And that got a big laugh. I snatched the keys out of his hand and I was done. Um, I literally didn't realise it until that moment. Uh, yeah, I'm really concerned now that this show is just me going, I did this funny thing. I, did, I think I did this thing. That was I funny. think it's really interesting. I'll, I'll shit on myself some more in the next segments. No, oh, am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. Oh, great. Apart from the fact that uh, people ask you if they can swear, if they can swear on podcasts, if they can swear <laughs> on podcasts, is a thing. It's fine. Um, no, but I think it's fine because um, it's interesting uh, to talk about the times when it went well. I mean, we all spend lots of times going, "Oh, that show was terrible." Yeah. And then you analyze that in detail. You realize you're a bad improviser. You're a bad person. You're going to get chucked out of the improv scene. No one's going to ever speak to you again. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, that never seems to actually <laughs> materialise. But anyway, mm. but then you'll have a great show and you go, oh, you know, that was... But we don't talk about the great shows in as much detail. And I don't yeah. know why that is. Yeah. I think... Uh, I don't know who I heard say this, but someone said, describing an improv scene is like describing a dream. Yeah. You can't really put across why it was funny. Because a lot of improv scenes... Are, crazy <laughs> a lot of the best a lot of the best improv scenes are completely crazy and they just don't sound that funny when you're explaining them to someone so maybe that's part of why yeah it's difficult because you'll be saying oh i did this great scene and people will be like okay it sounds fine like they won't really get it i think but if it's so difficult to explain where why a scene went well is it not similarly difficult to explain why a scene went badly hmm maybe you're right but I think when a scene's gone badly, you can usually be like, and then I made this bad joke, and I know it's bad because no one laughed. <laughs> or, but I guess you could say that. I made this good joke, and I know it's good because everyone laughed. So I guess uh, that, doesn't make, that doesn't answer your question. Hmm. It's a big question. Hmm. I don't know. Come back to that one. Okay. Do you ever record yourself? No, but I want to because people keep asking me to see to see like friends who live outside of London or, right. or just people who haven't been able to make it to a show will ask me to see a video and I don't have one. Fair enough. Um, I, I kind of want to though. I kind of want to film a GTBT show, yeah. I mean, I hadn't even think about filming it to show other people. I was just mm. thinking about that, you know, analysis tool. Right, yeah. I think I would have a hard time watching myself. Um, you might realise that you're really good. Yeah. Actually, the first ever long-form show I did that was like the Hoopla long-form course show, uh, which arguably is still to date my best show, <laughs> I think. 
uh, was filmed, um, but I've never seen the footage. Uh, it's filmed by I won't say who it was actually. But it's filmed by uh, someone who I did a previous course with, and she was always a stressed out person who had a lot on the plate. I think she was doing like some sort of film oh, right. course or degree or something. Yeah, yeah. So she had equipment, and she might have even been filming it for part of a project. Um, but I felt bad. I asked her once, "Can I have the video?" Yeah. And she was like, oh, "I'm really busy with this. I I never because she always seemed quite stressed out. I never wanted to bother and ask her again." But I would like to see it, and I hope it's still out there somewhere. Maybe it'll turn up. Yeah. I find the showcases are always a bit difficult to judge, really, because it's a super supportive audience yes. that are really up for it. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's performing is kind of really surprising themselves that they can actually do it mm -hmm. so yes it seems like those shows are amazing and they sort of are but it's not something that you can really sustain yeah and that's partly why i want to see the video to be like was i actually really good or was i just doing okay stuff that got a big reaction because it's just that great atmosphere thing and it's a full room that happens a lot of yeah. these course shows everyone invites their family and friends I think someone brought like 10 people from work or something wow. which is a lot of the miller and also people people's friends and family haven't got tired of going to watch them so you're yeah, exactly. at that point. yeah so yeah so part of me I kind of yeah I, I don't know I don't know if that was a good show or a bad show but I, I want to see it because I want to I want to be like wow that was a great show and also I want to see it to be like I have improved a lot yeah which I don't know if I can do both at once Right. Okay. Um, but I I also don't want to watch that show and be like, "Wow, those great memories I have, I wasn't actually that good." Even even though I know I've improved since then or whatever. I, ugh, this is a difficult thing for me to explain. But yeah, I I think I'd be disappointed if it's if I'm not as good if it doesn't seem as magical as I remember. Right. Because that that remains like one of my favorite shows ever. Um, yeah. I don't think it will be as magical as you remember it to be. Hmm. I think you're probably right. I'm sure it was very good. <laughs> but watching it now. Mm. Also, watching a recorded improv is never that good, is it? Weird, isn't it? Yeah. If I'm there, and I find this with audio recording and video recording of improv, mm -hmm. if I'm there seeing it created, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. But watching it back afterwards, for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, I have watched a lot of the UCB sets on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the improv that I really that's an improv style I really love and it's especially what I wanted to do when I was first starting I was like this is this is it this is all I want to do um, so some of those I've lost my mind to yeah. but even then I wasn't laughing my, I wasn't laughing out loud that much compared yeah. to if I was actually at a show yeah it's just a different experience I suppose yeah, yeah. so are you a fan of chat shows in general, <laughs> um, not not hugely, not ones on TV. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, yes, especially Comedy Bang Bang. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, 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 I'm a huge fan of that. I was listening to it on the way here, in fact. Um, well, that's hurtful. <laughs> well, because it wasn't. Should we listen to my podcast on the way here? This is the only podcast anyone can listen to. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but if you're going to be on my podcast, you should listen to it on the way here. Okay. And indeed, on the way home. Well, have you ever listened to my podcast? 
Well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. <laughs> uh, yes, well played. Sir. Well played. <laughs> Tell me about your podcast. Oh, so, we, so we go back to the chat show thing first. Okay, for a bit. Because Comedy Bang Bang is basically what got me into improv, actually. Um, even though it's it's all improvised, but it's a bit of a different thing because there's a lot of questions in it because it's an interview thing. If you don't know what the show is, it's uh, Scott Orkerman is the host and he interviews comedians who are playing characters. That's basically the gist of it. Plus, you get some big celeb guests on sometimes. Um, I just love... I love character stuff. And as I was saying before, I'm not that good at it, but it's so fun to do and to listen to. Um, I think I've got a lot of my style of improv from the host. Because he's just... A, he's a really good straight man. Yeah. And pe- that's probably the thing people tell me that I'm good at more yeah. than anything else. Like, oh, you, you straight man really well. I was like, yeah, I've, I've listened to, like... Oh my god! I I dread to count how many hours of that show I've listened to, so many hundreds of hours probably. I haven't even heard all the episodes, but um, so yeah, I think that's just been wired into my brain. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what Duty Booty Show is, but I get to do both bits. Um. So yeah, I was saying before I could invite other improvisers to be the character, but at that point I basically just doing comedy bang bang in a way. Right. Cool. Which I'd love to do. But. That's kind of a ripoff. I always feel that um, if I am ripping off somebody else, I'm always doing it so much less well that yeah. there's no copyright infringement. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that like you never feel you could live up to the original, so I only do my original things. But you're like, I just don't want to get sued. So <laughs> I'm not deliberately doing it worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, tell me about your podcast you've got a podcast right yeah it's called Perfect Pitch I do it with my very good friend Shubdeep Rayat um, who is not an improviser or doesn't do any comedy other than the podcast I just think he's really funny and we have good chemistry I think um, basically the concept of the podcast is um, we'll, we'll pitch an idea of, any, of anything to the other person it can be a useful idea or just a really dumb idea that doesn't even make much sense and we kind of yes and and just explore that idea um yeah that's the gist of it and then sometimes we actually do play characters which is actually where we're basically we both like comedy bang bang so we're basically just doing a little bit of that um yeah so an example of so we we could pitch like a movie idea a book video game uh it's an invention those are a lot of fun often uh, a sport we had recently it didn't go very, <laughs> didn't go very far <laughs> didn't have much to talk about Shubzee pitched like a, a sports game which was just like a combination of baseball, cricket, football it just had all the goals <laughs> I don't really know what to ask him about but it was quite funny um, the episode that people have listened to I pitch <laughs> the one episode people seem to have listened to um, I pitch something called bread spread which is an idea I had when I was making a sandwich and uh, <laughs> I didn't have enough bread and I I got out all my I was making fish fingers I had a fish finger sandwich which is one of my favourite sandwiches I cooked all the fish fingers which I have eight by the way and I do two layers wow it's really good yeah. it seems like a lot of fish fingers but, but it works though it's really nice <laughs> um, but I realised I didn't, I didn't have any bread and I just had the fish fingers and I was like imagine if I could spread a bread on top of the fish fingers <laughs> So it's like the reverse of a filling. I'm putting the bread on top of the filling 
and on the bottom again. <laughs> I really like that idea. I don't know how we ended up talking about that for like 25 minutes. Um, so I think that's episode two. So if you want to listen to one, that's the one people seem to like, I think. I forget what the second half is, but I should deep pitch or something. And yeah. how many episodes have you done? That's an interesting question. Because we, re- we recorded quite a lot where we didn't even have an idea for a podcast. So we're just trying things out and recording ourselves. None of those have been released. Right. For good reason. <laughs> it's just a lot of rambling. There's some good stuff in there, but it'd be so much editing work. And also there's bad audio quality and all those stuff that a lot yeah. of podcasts have. Um, and then I think the very first one of this concept we didn't release either. I think there's like eight episodes out, which is ridiculous because since then we've recorded probably another ten. Right. Um, and I am just terrible at editing, exporting uploading them and doing the RSS feeds. Uh, I think I chose a complicated way to do it as well. I'm using like archive.org to host them. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Um, what do you use? SoundCloud. Okay, yeah, but you have to pay to get yeah, the extra episodes on. Yeah, so this is free, but you have to do, you have to like code all the feed yourself. Uh, Which isn't that tricky, but it's just annoying. And archive.org uploading things awful. It's really buggy and yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shame because there's some good content we've recorded. Luckily, no one really listens to it anyway. <laughs> Maybe they would if we released them regularly. I don't know. So well, the name of the podcast is Perfect Pitch. Perfect Pitch. So everyone go to archive.org. <laughs> yeah, it's probably slash Perfect Pitch Podcast. Don't do it like that. You, 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 use your podcast app and add add a new podcast and type Perfect Pitch. And I think there's one other one called Perfect Pitch, but. Uh, We've got a better logo, so you'll know which one it is. <laughs> cool. And you're also in Ramshackle? Yes. Tell me about Ramshackle. How did you get involved with them? What do they do? So I go to Duck Duck Goose most Mondays. I love it there. Uh, if you haven't been, it's like a... They have three acts. It's a normal show, but it's very casual atmosphere, and it's very jam-focused. So you put your name in a bucket, you get drawn into a two-person scene, and then a montage jam... And you get a lot of regulars there, as well as the hosts. And there's a lot of hosts. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So if, even if you just make friends with them, you've made like eight friends. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's a real little community going on there. So basically, one day at Duck Duck Goose, uh, Jamie Gregory. I always forget his second name, but I got it right. Cause there's, there's two other Jamies at my work. Yeah. I always think his name is Jamie Nicholson, but that's like... Shout out to Jamie Nicholson at your work. Shout out to Jamie Nicholson. Uh, so Jamie said uh, to Petey, who's also in the group, do you want to start a group? And he said, yeah. And I walked over and they said, do you want to be in the group? And I said, sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, that was how it started. And then uh, Bella got in and Audrey and Dan Luxton, who's one of the hosts of Dog Dog Goose. Yeah. I really hope that's everyone in the group. <laughs> I get so scared I've forgotten someone, but I'm pretty sure that's it. That was the bit of advice that I forgot to give you before we started, <laughs> is that if you're going to start listing the names of the people in the group, be confident that you can list them all. Yeah. I'm sure that must be it. Sure. And me, I'm also in it, if I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, so what sort of stuff do you do? Um, it's sort of half premise-based, half organic. So we have a little opening, which we basically stole from... Um, the FA, we, me and Jamie have gone to see a lot of FA shows, Harold Knights. Um, so we get three words and then two of us go up and we talk about one of those words and then other people can tag in if they have questions if they want or they do a double tag 
and then bring someone new in. It's quite complicated for What's it. What's a double tag? You tag both people, and they oh, both right. go out, and yes. you pull in one of the people who hasn't been in yet. That's the signal to the rest of us. We're talking about one of the other words now. Uh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, so we do that about all three words, and then we should have loads of material. Most people just do a monologue. We do like three mini conversations. Yeah. Often we do it too long. And then we barely use any of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we often, we often, I, I will, I'm quite into premise stuff. So I'm always trying to use like a point of view someone's come up with and, and then build upon that. So yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah. premise based. Yeah. For you, that means listening to the monologues, mm-hmm. taking something from the monologues and yeah. then starting a scene with a certain idea of how you want the scene to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite weird to a lot of improvisers. Um, I it's only weird to me because I don't have that much brain power. Right. I struggle to listen. Actually, no, I don't struggle to listen, but it's struggling to listen and then remember. So I'm so busy using all of my mind to remember the things that someone said, to take the next step, and to try and imagine an amusing sketch-like scene. Uh huh. It's just I'm envious. Yeah. So it's so hard. Um, I've been doing FA training this past year and it's all about that. Yeah. Um, I really recommend it. It's quite expensive and it's very much they teach you, this is how we do it here. We're going to do it like this. Um, which can be occasionally frustrating, especially if you've got other improv experience. Um, but I go in with the mindset, I'm here to learn this because I love aspects of it. And actually, to be honest, I love all of it, but I just don't want to do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then extract my favourite bits and then try and use that in other stuff. But yeah, it's... The FA, by far, has been teaching me very practical things about this is exactly how to do it and the mind process you need to have to figure out how to do it, and it works. Yeah. But it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least it is explained to me. And I've seen some amazing heralds and been like, how did they come up with so many games and get to the point so fast? based off that monologue and now I know yeah <laughs> I just I still can't really do it but I'm slowly getting there I think it is interesting when you do some training and it's not necessarily rocket science mm-hmm. but it's just little techniques so um, Carleen of C3 something taught me lots and one of the things she taught me was with the montages mm-hmm. is just and it's obvious, sort of obvious now I say it, but I needed it pointing out, that what you need to be doing is you need to listen really carefully to what's going on beforehand, and when you like something, when you find the shiny thing, put it in your pocket, yeah. and then you bring it out again mm-hmm. when you're in a scene. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, that's really obvious, but it's not obvious. Yeah. It's only obvious once somebody's actually pointed it out to me. Yes. Uh yeah, I think the best piece of advice I've got like that, which is just like, what? How did I not know this? I took a class with Connor Ratliff, uh, and it was one of my favourite classes ever, and then saw him at the Miller doing a two-prov, and that was one of my favourite shows ever. Yeah. Um, and that made his advice stick with me more, I think. Yes. Um, but basically, I think it might have been Mariana who asked this question in class. Might not have been. I think it was. She said... What happens if you're doing a scene and just nothing funny's happened yet? Which is a very good question, really. <laughs> uh, but I didn't think he'd be able to answer it because 
the answer really is you haven't done anything funny, isn't it? Uh, but he said, you haven't made enough choices. You're not making any choices. If nothing uh, funny's happened, uh, you haven't, you're not making enough choices and you're not making big enough choices. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think with FA stuff, uh, the premise is that once you've got a monologue and they, they teach you exactly that, basically what you're looking for is to get the first big choice made for you. And the best ones are a point of view, which is just a way your character sees the world. Right. And that is a game, basically. And then you just need to justify it, which is the really hard bit. Because they teach you the big difference between justification and rationalisation. Oh, what's that? So a justification is a human reason for why you have this point of view. A rationalisation um, is basically that, but <laughs> this is like the hardest thing to understand, so I probably don't know it properly. But the rationalisation is basically what I just said, but you've taken away whatever made it unusual. Uh. So I think there's an example in the UCB manual where this game of the scene is a doctor uses a brick to knock out the person instead of anaesthetic. And um, I think a justification for that would be um, if, that, if the doctor said, uh, I believe in efficiency... This is much faster than using anaesthetic. <laughs> but a rationalisation hmm, <laughs> would be something like saying, oh, we have no budget. This is literally the only thing we can do to knock you out. And it is actually safer than doing it without you being conscious. Right, yes. So it's still really weird, but once if you stick it to like a human belief, yeah. a fish, uh, so you can, with the, with the other one, you can have like a crazy hospital. And all the other ways, other other things a hospital might have to do because they can't afford stuff. But it's a lot easier and simpler to just have a guy who's like, I think, I believe in efficiency loads. And someone who just tags straight away, you're, they're ready to tag out the patient and put this character, that, they don't have to be a doctor anymore. Yeah. They can be at home, yeah. they can be doing anything, just any simple thing where they're super efficient and then you try and heighten it. So I've got to the stage where I recognise that the thing to do would be to tag out the person. Mm -hmm. and then put that and then just have that person being super efficient what yeah. I'm not good at is coming up I'm too slow at coming up with the places to put them yes that is exactly what I am too <laughs> and it's frustrating because I think that's something you can't really teach yeah. or at least no one has taught it to me yet I think sometimes I just have it straight away occasionally and sometimes I'm just like yeah I, I'm doing exactly what you, you've taught me I just don't know what to do yeah um I don't know if that's where it comes down to the difference between being a good improviser and being funny or if that is a skill you can learn. Because some people say, like, you can you can become a really, really good improviser, but you can't become, like, an all-time great unless you're also a hilarious person. Like, you have to have the X or something. I'm not sure how much I agree with that. From your face, you seem very yeah, sceptical too. I... I like to believe that oh yeah I don't know I like to believe that I like to believe that the more you practice at something the better you can get yeah and I don't like to think that there are certain people who've just got the mysterious X factor which makes mm. them brilliant partly because I'm worried that I don't have that yes. X factor and yeah. if I believe in the X factor then I will be unable to get to that height mm -hmm. whereas the way I like to approach the world is that if I do something 
but if I practice it, I will get better at it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Wait, 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 wait. I want to say something else, I think. I completely agree with you, but also, like, I don't, I don't think I could be the best improviser in the world. I don't think I could be in the top ten best improvisers in the world. No? Because I don't think I'm as funny as those ten people. I don't know who those people are. But I would say those ten people have maybe got ten, twenty years experience on you. Yeah. And that's the thing that I have to remind myself when I'm watching someone go, yes, they're amazing. And they are amazing, but they've also been doing it for ten years. Yeah. And you do anything for ten years, you'll get better at it. Yeah, I'm completely with you. But I still think... I might be able to get to number 11 I don't reckon I can get in that top 10 I think 11 is an amazing place to be and I'll yeah. still be great yeah, like yeah. If I, I, I can't imagine myself stopping doing improv really I probably will I guess at some point but I see myself doing it for like another 50 years which sounds crazy but like by that time I should be absolutely amazing yeah. I don't know if I'll still I don't know if I'll be the best improviser on the top 10 I don't know I suppose it's not helpful to compare yourself to other improvisers yeah <laughs> that's the real thing and something i have yet to learn how to do i mean there's, I, there's part of me that wants a numbering system to know mm-hmm. where i am in the improv league tables yeah but mainly i should be comparing myself if i have to compare myself to anyone i should compare my, myself to myself mm-hmm. and try and be aware of the progress that i've made i'm very glad you said that uh <laughs> I, I that is something I I think I've got worse at over like the last year. I'm super conscious of being. I really want to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'm like rating people like I just sort of implied, I guess. But I definitely get very jealous of people when I see someone do. I think it's when I see some someone do something good, and I'm like, I do that thing good. You're doing what I'm doing. Like <laughs> I'm meant thing. to be the best at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to get over that. I think I will. I think I'm on the right track. But I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel like I think it's partly doing classes actually. Yeah. Because you're constantly being like, am I as good as the rest of the class? Yeah. Because you kind of because people get some. You might find yourself one week getting a ton of notes and other people aren't. You're like, does that make me worse than other people? And it's hard not to think those things. Um, but really, that's when you have to sit back and remember, oh, I paid for this to learn. Yes. I'm having so much fun. And the more I listen to it and the more notes I get, the better I'll be. So. Yes. Hmm. yes. Wow, I found a positive note to end that on, thank God. <laughs> and also, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. If you're in that class and you're the, I'm going to use air quotes, I'm not going to actually bother doing them in the room, but <laughs> just, uh, what's the point? I'll do them. If you're the worst <laughs> person in the class, mm-hmm. even if that's a thing, you're still doing an amazing thing. Yeah. You're still doing an amazing thing with your evening. You're going somewhere, you're making stuff up out of nothing. So even if you're the worst, then, <laughs> I you missed know, it that time. <laughs> then just, as long as you're enjoying yourself and the audience, to a lesser extent, are enjoying themselves, <laughs> is it more important, which is more important, mm. that the improviser or the audience Ugh. enjoys themselves? Oh, it, oh no. I mean... <laughs> My instinct is to say the improviser, but there's usually more of the audience. Well, actually, not, not, not really. always. <laughs> so I guess the improviser, yeah, as well. <laughs> cool. Right, time for the big, big, big finish question. Oh, yes. Big question, big question at the end. 
So you mentioned feeling jealous when somebody else does what you do because mm-hmm. you do that well. Mm-hmm. What is the Johnny Briar's signature move? Mm. I think it's just straight manning. That's not really a move, is it? It's like yeah, it's a move. It's kind of half a scene. It's totally a move. Um, yeah, that's, that's what people say to me. I've done well, and it's definitely a lot of the biggest laughs and to me the easiest laughs I have got are just from reacting to something like a normal person would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the real trick to it, I think. You just, uh, at some, a certain point, you just go, wait, what? Uh, I did a scene in a jam at Duck Duck Goose, and I think there were like two witches or something. And then I did a walk-on, which I almost never do. I find walk-ons so difficult. And also, mostly unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's another bugbear of mine. It's like, <laughs> oh, anytime someone walks on the scene, I'm going, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this one was too. No, anyway. sure it wasn't. Tell me about the witches. Uh, they're, they're witches, so it was like a, a piece in the pod thing. Two crazy witches. I forget who it was, which is annoying, but I'm focusing on me as, <laughs> as, as you tend to do when you remember scenes, I think, about yourself. Yeah. You're like, what, what did well, I do? Well, you appear on podcasts about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I came in as a neighbour who just wanted some milk, who was completely sort of oblivious to the witchiness, um, which I guess is, yeah, that's kind of not straight manning that much, but... I just came as like, hi, I just came to get some milk, can I borrow some? And they hadn't actually done anything that witchy to me, other than being like cackly characters. They weren't doing anything crazy. But they were clearly to the audience, and to me as an improviser, cooking up like some sort of newt potion to make me drink. Um, But they were being like crazy characters, and I forget who it was, I think it might have been Peter... Uh, I don't know his second name. He, like, pretended to twist my nipple. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. But I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, did he just twist my nipple? And we basically did the thing, which is often talked about as a bad thing to do in improv, which is basically just sort of yell and argue. But it's basically me just yelling, go, why, why are you twisting my nipple? And it was just a whole conversation about the nipple thing. And that was the point where my character would have been like, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> that was kind of the line he drew. I feel like it's kind of a weird example now because I'm ignoring all the witchiness stuff, which probably I maybe I should have reacted to as a straight man. But I think, yeah, it's a certain point of saying, it's not kind of not saying yes and, and saying, no, what was that about? You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think that might be my signature move. <laughs> now I've said it out loud, I'm doubting that it was even a good move, but people laughed at it, so. <laughs> and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we get a laugh. Yeah, P- possibly not. Possibly too. I don't know. Because sometimes just saying a big nose straight at the top of the scene will get a big laugh, won't it? Yes. Then it'll break everything down. Exactly, yes. Alright, man. What have we learned? Everything? Nothing? I don't know. We've learned that you've been a guest on the Improv London podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a great fact. And you've been forget. a very good guest. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel like I went around in circles a lot and started talking about stuff and never finished what I was saying. But hopefully it's intelligible. And hopefully entertaining, I guess. Yes. Hooray. Hooray. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) I made this. That's improv. (laughs)